Maybe I'll do that again so it doesn't have me talking and going straight. <laughs> <laughs> Audio action. Da, 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 da. That's fancy. Da, da. Yeah. You know, just super fancy for a lovely Wednesday. Of course. I mean, Tuesday, I guess. Oh, yeah, it's still Tuesday. This is weird. I don't know. Um, are we doing an intro? Yeah. <laughs> should we? Should, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't start the podcast. <laughs> we I just kind of started talking. <laughs> Be helpful to, you know, actually start talking <laughs> instead of oh, just man. salutations. Salutations. I'm Sophia's friend, Bronwyn. And I'm Bronwyn's friend, Sophia. And this, and this is Quotes and Anecdotes. And anecdotes. <laughs> We've gotten worse and worse about saying that. <laughs> in sync but you know you get the idea (laughs) yes um bronwyn do you want to tell the world um since i guess we need a little bit more of an intro for this topic what i made for the podcast oh okay so we have merch (laughs) we don't have merch don't lie to the good people (laughs) uh we don't have merch but sophia designed a fantastic t-shirt that I did. I am in love with. I'm very proud. Um, I it's we were fantastic. in photography class, and um, I said that so slowly. We were in photography. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> does. We <laughs> our teacher um, wanted us to design a T-shirt for an art festival that's going to be going on at our school, and she said that they were going to be choosing the best one for. Um, the festival next year or something like that and then after we had finished that she said you guys have some free time to design any shirt you want a personal choice t-shirt so I designed a quotes and anecdotes shirt and I was very proud of it I had I put a microphone in the middle and then I put like little drawings of all the things we've talked about around so there were paw prints and like nature stuff and books and then on the back I said featuring Bronwyn's friend Sophia and Sophia's friend Bronwyn, and I, it was great. It is very good. Thank you. I, I, I kudos to you. I Thank quite, you. I quite like it. Um, yeah. So it's not merch, but um, yeah, maybe someday we'll have. Maybe someday that can be a good dream, a good dream, a good um, <laughs> you know, goal for yeah. um maybe eventually we'll have podcast t-shirts store. <laughs> and podcast hoodies that would be fun that would be very good um would you like to start us off with your wordlet i'm very curious <laughs> about your wordlets today i'll go <laughs> okay so i'll start with my second one because my other one is too good to waste for the first one <laughs> so my second one <laughs> um i was trying to think of a word and i couldn't think of one and so i was just kind of you know muddling about and i found <laughs> one and i don't i don't remember where i found it and this was like 15 minutes ago but you know it just kind of came up <laughs> and the word is lexica got <laughs> That wasn't it. Lexicography. <laughs> it wasn't that hard. No, I had no, not at all. So, really? Lexicography. 
Um, and you know, it comes from Greek. And so I got excited. Um, and all it is is the act of compiling dictionaries. Um, and it, the word dates back That's to the 1650s, cool. which is pretty cool. Um, and I have to say, I think you have to have a pretty profound love of words to spend your life compiling dictionaries. What does it mean to compile dictionaries? Like literally to write them. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. that's um, insane. I will say I, there's a <laughs> there's a British comedy show that like I, I've watched a bit of. And it's called 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. And they have a panel of comedians. And they take... It's basically like it's a competition. And they do things like they have like eight random letters. And they have to make the biggest word out of them. And then another, the other game is they have like s- six numbers. And then they'll choose like six random numbers and then they'll like press a button and then it chooses a big randomized number like 650 or whatever. And you have to combine as many of the numbers as you want to create that big number. Um, And they have two kind of, I don't know, judges, two people who are like the rule people. And one of them, Susie Dent, is in Dictionary Corner, and she's written, like, she gets, they make fun of her the whole time, because, like, she's never seen a movie, and all she does is she, like, writes dictionaries, and she writes books, and she, like, I think she's a lexicographer, lexicographer, and, yeah, I think it's pretty cool, even though she does get a lot of, um, you know, they make fun of her a lot, but she always has a cool word. And my other word is one of the words that she um, said, oh, I found this word this week that I really liked. Oh, Um, really? (laughs) um, But yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And the word is perhaps based on the French lexicography. (laughs) I don't know why I'm having so much difficulty. (laughs) (laughs) Lexicograph, which comes from a Latinized form of the Greek lexicographos which comes from the lexicon, meaning word book, plus the, the um, ending graphos, meaning writer, which comes from the verb grapho, meaning to write. Um, wow. But it's interesting because the uh, suffix graphi or grapher um, is applied to the like noun form of a lot of things like geography or cartographer, that kind of thing. And it all comes from the Greek word meaning writer. So cartographer That's is like a cool. map writer. Yeah, a dictionary writer or like word writer, I guess. And like geography, I don't know. World writer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. What's your word that? Uh, my first, well, both of my wordlets today come from um, our wonderful friend Justin's book that's called Otherworldly, um, and they are both in different languages, and I'm very excited. So the first one is from Japanese, which means that I'm going to butcher the pronunciation because I have absolutely no frame of reference for what this sounds like, but it is komorebi, I, I believe, spelled K-O-M-O-R-E-B-I. 
and it means the sunlight that filters through the leaves of the trees, which I just thought was really nice because we don't. That I is mean, very nice. English doesn't have a word for that, but like I that yeah. I mean I can close my eyes and picture it like lying on the grass and looking up through the trees and there's sunlight filtering down through the leaves, which is just a very lovely and relaxing thing to think about. And so I thought it was really sweet that Japanese has an entire word for it. I love that. So yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> what on earth is your second wordlet, my friend? All right. So you know, in the beginning of countdown, they always say, "Susie, what's a fun word that you found this week?" Right, or something along what? those lines. At the what? Susie, the the beginning of that show that I was just talking okay, about. Okay, you need to. I don't know. They ask the word. <laughs> you can't, you can't <laughs> just say like, you know how that show that I mentioned two seconds ago that no one has ever heard of that I didn't All mention the name right. of. You know how in yeah. that show they do they say a thing? Okay. Well. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> This word, um, Susie was saying, you know, recently the Teletubbies have come to Germany. And that's cool, of course, because, you know, there's a word for everything in German. Of course, they had to use that event in history to create a new word, which is Teletubbies Zeruckwinker, which means someone who would wave back to the Teletubbies. <laughs> because the Teletubbies, when they like come on screen, like stand there and wave and they're like, hi, or whatever. And a Teletubby Zeruckwinker is someone who would wave back to the Teletubbies. Wow. It's so specific. <laughs> and I just think that's absolutely amazing. <laughs> I love that. That it's not even a phrase, it's just it's just a word. Meeting someone who would wave back to the telephone. <laughs> Do you know, did she mention, like, who came up with that? No. that's wonderful. <laughs> and I don't really know either. Um, but yeah. So that's, that's my second word, wordlet. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh my goodness. What's your last wordlet? My last wordlet um, is a word that exists in Spanish and Portuguese, and it is nefelibata, um, which means cloud walker, or one who lives in the clouds of their own imagination or dreams, or one who does not obey the conventions of society, literature, or art. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. I do Just really like, like that. Someone who lives in their own world, in their own... Yeah, I said that right. <laughs> I can I can absolutely imagine, like me because there are uh especially when my um grandparents and my aunt are over there's a lot of spanglish going on in my household and so my my mom especially has been like i know the randomest spanish words she knows a spanish word for watercress because it's all like food words and then she knows a couple of slang words yeah i forget exactly what they are but like this is the kind of thing that i can totally imagine like if (laughs) If I was daydreaming or if my brother was being distant, my grandmother would be like, ah, he's such a nefilibata, and we'd all be like, what? <laughs> but I had never heard this one before, and I thought it was really sweet. I really like that. It's, yeah. It's a very pretty word for a very pretty idea, you know? Yeah, I agree. Very good. A, um, a language-filled world section. Yes. 
<laughs> definitely a language film section. Um, <laughs> I think Teletubby Zorok Winker might be the one of the best wordless we've ever had. <laughs> That's just I mean, so I'm, random I'm and so wonderful. Of that. Um, would right. you, Sophia? Like, what's our topic? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, our topic today is animal rescue. Da 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 da. Yeah. Um, we we might not have a ton of anecdotes for for this topic, but we have a couple, and we're, I'm very excited um, I think about it's a to- worthy to talk topic, about them. You know. Um. So Bronwyn has very kindly put a little blurb de- definition underneath the topic of animal rescue, and it is often related to the rescue and adoption of domesticated animals. Wildlife conservation, which is probably a little bit different from animal rescue, is the practice of protecting wild species in their habitats in order to prevent species from going extinct. Major threats to wildlife include habitat destruction, degradation, fragmentation, overexploitation, poaching, pollution, and climate change. Just heads up for my anecdotes, I was thinking more of the domesticated animal side of things, Mm -hmm. but um, that's a very good point that animal rescue can... Yeah, can... um, absolutely pertain to like you know you see all these videos of kind souls why did i say souls <laughs> you know good <laughs> good people um helping out a stranded whale or things like that and that i didn't i didn't think about what souls kind souls are you still, are you still laughing about souls i'm making yeah. a point about animal rescue i don't know why i said souls mm-hmm. my brain isn't working <laughs> Um, uh, well, see, but you always see like kind yeah, souls you know, like helping kind out, rescuing you know sea turtles or I, I sound so disdainful. Yeah. Um, but and that can absolutely be considered animal rescue, which I hadn't thought about. So that's a good point, I guess, is what I'm trying to say before you start laughing at my word choice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, um, it's gonna be a good topic. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> Why are you saying that so sarcastically? I don't know. Um, Alrighty. Would you like to start with your word, Bronwyn? Don't roll your yeah. eyes. I didn't mean to sound sarcastic, I promise. <laughs> Alright, so again, like we said, and you know what, maybe I'll stop saying it. Maybe I'll just own that it's a really cool topic and not enough people talk about it there. So, my word is compassion, which I know is not maybe the craziest of words, but I think that it's quite relevant because I think in order to kind of care and connect about animals, you have to have compassion. And I think that oftentimes when people don't care about animals, they're turning a blind eye and they're not letting themselves be compassionate. But I think if anyone, Mm -hmm. I think anyone can take a step back and really feel and you know be compassionate and care about animals yeah um, absolutely and what it means is the sympathetic yeah sympathetic <laughs> concern for the suffering or misfortune of others uh which i mean you know that's compassion um the other word that i was considering was humane which i don't know it just kind of made me laugh a little bit because 
not to get super serious, but like the reason we have to have things like animal conservation and animal protection or like animal rescue is because of humans. Mm-hmm. Yet when we talk about being humane, it's about like being nurturing and not hurting animals yep. and that kind of thing. Um, but I think being, I think that a more appropriate word is kind of compassion because if you're compassionate, I think you're also humane. Yes, I um, agree. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that um, that people who rescue animals, there are many people who rescue animals for a living, and that they are very compassionate. I was about to say, <laughs> about to say souls again. Every, they're very compassionate souls. Um, no, um, and I think that it's definitely possible to grow ever more compassionate and i think that that's definitely Absolutely. something that if if you start to rescue animals you will become more compassionate and i think that that's an amazing quality to have is just you know empathy for other yeah. people and for other animals and humanity as you were saying um so it's a really lovely word and it definitely applies to animal rescue in more more ways than one i think yeah um, so it comes from the Latin compati, meaning to suffer with, um, Ooh, and the Latin to compassio. suffer with. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah, I know. It's quite. It's. I guess it's like empathy, kind of yeah. similar. Mm-hmm. Um, then compassio. Then it went to Old French and became compassion in Middle English. Very cool. So yeah, there you go. What's your word? So my word I found very quickly, and doesn't I don't know if it applies quite as much to animal rescue as yours does. I was more thinking towards like the, especially the dog side of rescuing animals. Um, but my word is adoration, and the very simple definition of adoration is just deep love and respect. And um, <laughs> for for me, I chose it because I know that. Every single dog, I mean, uh, I should preface, my family fosters dogs, which is going to be a big part of the anecdotes later on. Um, But for, like, every single dog that we've fostered, even if they um, are very shy at first, they've always warmed up. Even if they've only warmed up up to my mom, which has been a couple of them, they've always learned, like, learned to adore her, and they will get snuggly and happy and like you can tell that they finally feel safe and that's such a rewarding feeling mm-hmm. to know that you've given them a a, a good home yeah. um and I think all dogs no matter how difficult of a past that they've had they will well maybe I shouldn't say all dogs but most dogs will eventually learn to adore their whoever takes care of them and I think that it's a wonderful thing and it's this sort of unconditional adoration um of humans which you know i think we can all learn something from dogs in that respect there it's yeah a cool kind of love um so adoration comes from the latin ad the prefix ad which means to and orare which means to speak or pray and then adorare means to worship and then to adore it became adore in late middle english it's very interesting very cool yeah you know it's cool Um, because it went from latin to french and in latin it was to worship but when you say like j'adore or like the verb adore in french is like mm -hmm. i adore it i love it 
It's like, oh, really? It's like uh, it's like love. So you know, that's so interesting. That whole thing. Yeah, I guess it's isn't French like language. called the language of love? Mm-hmm. Is that a thing, or did I just make that up? Yeah, is no, that right. that's cool that it went from to worship to adore um, when it went to French. Like that's yeah. There you go. There you go. Indeed. Um, would you like to start us off with your first quote this week? Yeah. All right. So my first quote is, some people talk to animals. Not many listen, though. That's the problem. And that's by A.A. Mellon. Um, and I just, you know, under the same kind of umbrella as compassion, I think that it's about kind of, I think, I think caring for animals is about taking down the kind of hierarchy that humans kind of have created of humans above other animals and when I think what it really takes to connect with other animals is to I mean listen it's to see what they need to treat them like a living animal that they are and Mm -hmm. to really like not just say oh you know you're the best dog ever but also you know learn to notice the little things like my dog will sometimes like when we get home he'll 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 smile at us like he'll literally (laughs) smile and wag his tails and so kind of learning the language of other animals and actually listening to animals I think is yeah absolutely you know the best way to connect with them and that kind of thing Mm-hmm. And every animal, and bleh, every animal communicates differently. So it's really fascinating to sort of learn. I mean, even within a species, like one of my dogs will show us that he loves us by putting his head between our legs, and then another one will bring us toys. And so, like even within, even each individual animal has a slightly different yeah. way of telling us that or telling us whatever they need really that they love us just that they love us or that they need help or food or water um and that's I mean I'm taking a class called animal behavior and that's part of what we're learning which is really interesting of like how different species communicate and it's even like I always find it fascinating watching a lot of these um heartwarming videos of people rescuing animals like how they knew that these animals needed help and yeah. these like these animals knew that they needed help and they went to human or sometimes they will go to humans like knowing that they need help and hoping that this weird two-legged person will will help them um yeah and i think that's a good point that aa a. milne is making that um he, animals have a very different uh form of communication but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't listen to them yeah Definitely. Yeah, you said it perfectly. Um, And that was said by Alan Alexander Milne, um, who, of course, wrote the Winnie the Pooh books. Of course. What a cool dude. You've had so many Winnie the Pooh quotes. I love it. Because they're very good quotes. (laughs) They're wonderful quotes. What is your first quote? Um, My first quote uh, is now that I'm looking at it, pretty similar to your second one. Um, but my first quote is, saving one animal will not change the world, but surely for that an- that one animal, the world will change forever. <laughs> it is very similar. 
Yeah. Um, that was said by Karen before I forget, because I, I always forget to say who, who said it. That was Karen Davidson, um, who is an author, an animal lover, and an animal psychologist, which I didn't really know was a thing. Um, and she wrote a book called A Dog's Guide to Humans, which sounds like a freaking wonderful book. That's and a, I would love to sure. read this. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, saving, I, I just kind of loved the, the message of this with people who say, like, I, I, it's a counterpoint, I guess, to people who say like, yeah, but saving one sea turtle is not going to save the entire species. And it, that's, um, to me, that's just such a worthless argument because, I, I mean, as the quote says, like, yeah, sure, saving that one animal of that one species, it may not make the biggest difference on the the world overall but for that animal it it does mean the world and it makes all the difference and if you continue to have that compassion and keep rescuing animals um then you can make the world a better place and i think that is lovely and good to remember that you know animals will appreciate when you save them (laughs) it's never pointless to like a small act of kindness is never worthless, no matter exactly. how small it is. Exactly. So yeah, that's that quote. <laughs> and then um, speaking of dogs, I don't know if you guys could hear that, but my dog just started barking. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, do you want to move on to your second one? Yeah. So my second one is the same quote, essentially. Um, <laughs> but it's a simple act of kindness and compassion towards a single animal may not mean anything to all creatures, but will mean everything to one by Paul Oxton. Yeah, it is essentially the same. Um, but <laughs> so I won't go really into it. But like Sophia said, it's kind of it's never an argument to say it doesn't have a big enough impact. As long as it has an impact whatsoever, or at the very least, as long as it doesn't negatively harm anything or anyone, mm-hmm. then there's always a, a, a reason to do that thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And Paul Oxton works in animal conservation is the, and is the founder of Wild Heart Wildlife Foundation. Oh, I've never heard of that. I'll have to look it up. Neither have I until this. It's very interesting. <laughs> What's your last quote? My last quote um, is, again, very dog-centered, but it is, for me, a house or an apartment becomes a home when you add one set of four legs, a happy tail, and that indescribable measure of love that we call a dog. And before I forget, that was said by Roger Car- Car- Caris? Caris? C-A-R-A-S. I'm not sure. Um, and he was an... Caress? No! Caress. <laughs> <laughs> There's no E in there. Um, He was an American wildlife photographer, writer, wildlife preservationist, and television personality. I, well, this ties into one of my anecdotes later on, but my, I think my dad is especially the one who is always saying that when a family gets a dog, it completely changes the house. Um, And, I mean, we... Again, this is going into an anecdote, but there have been a a few family members um, who we have helped get a dog for through my mom's fostering, and I think especially with my grandparents, my dad has noted, like, how much livelier and happier their house is now that they have this dog, Mm. 
and that my grandfather adores this dog and spoils him to no end and like he's like oh he's such a good dog he's so he's so smart and so perfectly trained and they give him all sorts of toys and the dog never rips up the toys he just holds them in his mouth it's the sweet they have the sweetest connection mm-hmm. with this little um old doggy <laughs> and they love Aww. him and i same i mean again i'll go into that more in anecdotes but same thing with my cousins and our family friends just their house the house just brightens up with when you um add that indescribable measure of love that we call a dog and it's so amazing to see um so i just really connected with that quote i I think especially when you know that like i mean i don't think this i think that the added thing of knowing that you gave you know, as long as bring, as well as bringing happiness to yourself, also bringing happiness to that, to that dog, to that animal. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Makes it even better. Um, would you like to start off with one of your anecdotes? I would absolutely love to. So my first anecdote is um, gonna be. <laughs> Oh, it's okay. Okay. So this song so is going to be a song. <laughs> <laughs> and this song um, is by my cousin's boyfriend's band um, called Ogeronimo. Go check them out. Go check them out. Um, they're very good. And they did this one song called For the Dogs. And it's it was made for a like an like an animal shelter to like feature the animal shelter and this song was that's in the amazing and it's a very good song my it's absolutely beautiful um and my cousin uh also is featured in it and it's just so pretty and they sing together that's amazing that. i really love it and i'm trying to see if i can find the lyrics anywhere because um it's a very good song it's okay if I can't, but um, yeah, and it was, not only is it absolutely beautiful, but like it makes everyone in my family cry whenever we play it, so we, like, when we're hanging out, you know, as a whole family, um, a lot of the time we'll do music and pass the guitar around or whatever, and this is one of the, simultaneously one of the most requested songs, but also like, no, 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 don't sing it. You're going to make us cry. Because um, <laughs> it's so good. And it's absolutely, it's just a very beautiful song. Um, I can't find it anywhere, the lyrics anywhere. So um, unfortunately, I can't find it. But, you know, if you're listening, wanting to look for a song, listen to For the Dogs by O. Geronimo. Um, and yeah, I really like it. And it was featured in a video, um, like a publicity video for a for an animal shelter and it's so cute and it's just absolutely amazing and the same cousin I don't know if it was from the shelter but that the same cousin soon soon around that time um they also adopted a dog that they had been fostering so you know oh that's amazing yeah and so now they have a beautiful little dog called Harvey Um, oh yeah that's amazing i love that that's so good i love it yeah 
I love that there's a, and you sent this to me a while ago, and I did, listening to it, I totally got emotional, and I was like, oh god, I can't listen to this song all the time, because I'll just be a wreck. Um, it's so good, it's um, incredible, it's an incredible song. Yeah. And all the dogs featured in the video are rescues, and so they, like, it was a way of, like, getting them out there, and it's the cutest video ever. But anyways, yeah. What's your first anecdote? Um, well, I guess I have sort of a mini anecdote that relates to um, for the dogs uh, quite a bit. And I, I'll do it really quickly because I, th- I believe I already talked about it for um, uh, one of our music episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. we've, we've done one, right? Two. Or two. We've done two. Okay. Um, so I think I talked about this for one of those. But it's a song called All My Life. And it's by the band Wild. And it's very similar to For the Dogs, except I didn't have a cool family member who wrote it. It was just a band that I found. Um, a very, very good band. But I'm not related to them in any way, unfortunately. Um, and I found it, I think I think it popped up in my YouTube recommendations. And the music video for All My Life features a bunch of, again, uh, foster dogs. Or no, actually, I think it was shelter dogs. And the band walked around one of these dogs and by the end of the video that dog was adopted by a family um Mm. and it was a really sweet video and a wonderful song just essentially saying um or i believe i interpreted the lyrics as from the dog's perspective saying that you know no matter what happens i'm gonna love you for the rest of my life because you know thank you for rescuing me and I just love it. It's a very good song. That's I love it. amazing. I've heard it. It is a very good song. So listen to it. It is a good Maybe song. Maybe they'll be linked in the description box. Yes, I will link both of them in the description for sure. Yeah. Um, do you want to do your next anecdote? Yeah. So the next one uh, is something that I find really interesting. And this isn't related more to the like wildlife rescue kind of thing. And that's the work and impact that like national parks and provincial parks and state parks and all of those have had, uh, public parks in general have had on wildlife. And I find it really interesting um, because it's interesting. So like in the time period when all of a sudden Europe realized they could travel all over the world, of course, with all the other bad things that I brought her about, that also uh, really, really impacted the environment. Um, so, for example, in Canada, um, the trapping industry started like absolutely booming. So, beavers became an endangered species. But then they also realized that beavers would thrive in Argentina. So they brought beavers to Argentina, and they became an invasive species there. And in Australia, they still have a horrible rabbit problem because someone introduced rabbits there and in order to counter the problem, they introduced gray wolves, which don't eat rabbits. Um, so then they had rabbits <laughs> and wolves. It, it's like ridiculous. But there have been a lot of really you know, big impacts on the environment. And of course, when an, a species is invasive, it's really good for them. But it's really bad for they'll eat all of the um the native plants and animals mm-hmm. and um 
it's quite a rough quite a rough yeah uh, it's just sort of a mess for the entire ecosystem yeah and i think that it's really a relatively recent thing that people have started understanding how important it is to kind of try to reinstate the natural and native species and to make sure we're really making sure animals don't become endangered and that kind of thing um and for all of the difficulty that and and you know negative things that have resulted it's quite inspiring to see uh people working hard and you kind of see inspiring videos every now and then of yeah maybe the one area of land that has finally like the one square mile that's been completely you know rehab uh rehabilitated or whatever mm-hmm. it might be it's very uh inspiring to see or when you hear news that an animal is finally no longer threatened or mm-hmm. that kind of thing um yeah, so yeah i, I always yeah, I always get a little, like, happy, I don't know the word, I suddenly blanked on the word to describe it, but, like, a little happy feeling when I um, see, usually on Instagram, because I follow several, like, animal rescue accounts, and I so every once in a while I'll see a post that says, like, great news, such and such species is no longer uh, endangered due to s- this organization's efforts. Like, this is one wonderful progress for this ecosystem, and it always makes me so happy. Yeah. And um, it's quite, kind of interesting, so more family stuff. So national park-wise, and this is less animal-specific and more just nature-specific, but in Canada, my mom helped to, in Ontario, in Canada, my mom um, was very, very, like, she, she like, spearheaded the movement. Um, to create one of the big national parks in Ontario. Um, wow, really? And, yeah, and it's I, I don't I don't think I mean I think that I almost want to save it for like a completely like a nature related even more nature related um, episode because it's a really cool story. But I mean the short of it is is. It, if that hadn't happened, then that whole area of land would probably have been developed. And even now, like, there's a hemlock forest on the very edge of the border of the of the provincial park that is currently being, like, taken down. And they were trying to fight to get that hemlock forest into the, into the park, and they weren't able to. So, you know, kind of seeing the importance of preserving um, mm-hmm. nature is really is really interesting and that's incredible yeah um my sister's going into animal biology so her thing and over the summer what she's going to be doing is she's gonna be working at an animal um conservation uh uh place (laughs) um (laughs) that's so cool um and helping to rehabilitate and help injured wild animals which i think is that's amazing yeah that's so cool you know, not to brag, but <laughs> <laughs> you just have an incredibly amazing family. They're very cool people. No bragging there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, what's your next anecdote? Um, my next anecdote uh, kind of encompasses a lot. So as I mentioned pretty briefly, 
Um, my mom recently, like a couple years ago, started fostering dogs. Um, and what that means is we take these rescue dogs. Um, they come from Texas. They come from Shaggy Dog Rescue, and uh, which is based in Texas. And the South has the south of the U.S. has this big problem with stray dogs. Um, there are a lot, like, the the mindset with dogs, according to my mom, is very different in the South. Not with everyone, but with a lot of people, they just don't um, treat them the way that we do in, in the Northeast. Um, so I've heard, like, they don't spay and neuter their dogs, and once a dog gets old or it's too much, they just kind of dump them on the streets and don't even bother taking mm-hmm. them to a shelter because they'd have to pay a fee. Um, so just there's a lot of uh, rough stuff going on with um, a lot of the dogs down there. And, of course, that's not everyone. There are, there are many, many people who are part of these rescue organizations in the South and but are... Generally. Yeah, but as a whole, the mindset is is quite different. Um, so there, and because the mindset is different in the north, what happens is these dogs from Texas they get on a truck with a man called Greg, and he takes um, two weeks of his time to drive all the way down to Texas, pick up dogs, and he picks up from various different rescues. I think he picks up from Alabama as well, and just various different rescues in the south, and then takes these dogs all the way up to Brewster, New York, um, at a a Home Depot parking lot in Brewster, New York, and um, he drops the dogs off at various spots in the Northeast with their either their foster homes or their forever homes. And mm-hmm. um, they, they've they had a lot of help from wonderful online websites such as Adopt-A-Pet, and there's another one that I'm forgetting, and Facebook is also really helpful for spreading information um, about these wonderful adoptable dogs. And my mom, I don't remember how she decided that she wanted to do it, but I remember that it was like, 2016 I think um and she really wanted to help out with the rescue dog community and my uncle um actually had been working with um this this rescue is called shaggy dog rescue and he helps by taking their pictures so he will uh he has like a studio in his house and he'll set up um a background that looks good with like a color that matches with the dog's fur and he will take a uh, a picture of them and make it look like i mean he makes these every single dog look just absolutely adorable Mm, and it's (laughs) very good photos very yes all of the photos are very sweet um and so i think she asked him about what rescues she could get involved with and he told her and now we have fostered 21 dogs since 2016 isn't that crazy there are 21 of them um and actually this is like three anecdotes combined (laughs) in one but um my mom's birthday was like only five or six days ago and for her birthday, my dad had this idea to uh, um, put all of the foster dogs we've had, the 21 foster dogs, into a big picture frame and like make a little collage of all the dogs mm. that we've had and put their names and dates. It was really sweet. And so my brother and I helped by trying to remember all 21 of the foster dogs because my mom has a list 
but we don't have a list. So we were like going through Facebook, like, oh, was this one of ours? No, I don't think so. I don't remember this one. And like trying to figure out um, which ones we had. And I was scrolling back through old pictures, like, oh, found another one. Um, I think we missed <laughs> two. Dogs. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's a lot. Um, I think we, we forgot two because <laughs> both of them had been adopted before um, we could take their picture or advertise for oh, them. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, so we had no reason to like post them on Facebook or anything. And we were just taking care of them for a few weeks before their forever family could pick them up. Um, but you know, 19 out of 21 is pretty good. That is not so bad. My dad also left a couple like 10 or 12 blank spots on the giant picture frame that he <gasps> bought so that my mom can keep filling in with each foster dog sweet. that we get, which was a really cool gift. Um, so yeah, we foster dogs. My I just want to mention, like, little honorable mentions of some of the wonderful dogs that we've had. If you're thinking about adopting a dog, adopt from Shaggy Dog Rescue. They're all amazing, amazing dogs. Every single one, or there have only been, like, one or two dogs that we wouldn't have kept. But they're, like, we have had some serious conversations about some of them. Like, guys, do you want, I don't think we can handle a third dog, but oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do when this one leaves. Like we love all of our fosters Mm -hmm. so much. One of my personal favorites was, oh, and uh, as a preface, they all have terrible names. We've, I don't know who names them, but without fail, they've all been pretty bad names. But my, one of my favorites was Jelly Bean. He was like this this 10-year-old, grumpy, small, little, black, fluffy dog. And I was sick when we were fostering Jellybean for like five days in my freshman year. And he was like, he was very sweet, but very grumpy. So, but he, when I was sick and and staying in bed, he came and he would just sit and snuggle in the bed with me while I was sick. And so he was really sweet. sweet. One that we had trouble deciding whether or not we were going to keep was Wags. He, <gasps> oh, he I do you remember Wags? Wags? I do remember he, Wags. Everyone loved Wags. Like we sat down as a family and we're like, should we keep Wags? <laughs> we really, really want Wags. He was like, he loved everybody. He would play with other dogs. He just the sweetest little pupper i loved we loved wags travis was another one like that we had one dog called cola who had a massive overbite and he liked to lie upside down so you could see like this giant gap between his the two two teeth and his tongue would like stick out between it he was so ridiculous and very cute um yeah so we've had a lot of really wonderful experiences with these foster dogs and it's been amazing to hang out with them and help them become less and less shy and train them a little yeah. bit and then eventually it's very rewarding to find them there forever family so it's great mm-hmm. it's amazing yeah i think we're about out of time yeah i was about to say i think that that might do it i think so too um so you know, just a programming note. Um, I know we've been a little bit inconsistent with our um, podcast release. And all yeah. That. We've been incredibly busy. So we'll try to get back on track. It might be every other week for a little bit. You know, we'll find out. 
Um, but hopefully it'll be every week. Um, I hope so. Um, we I might really... need a couple more weeks to get back on the every week schedule, but yes, we'll, I, I'm hoping we'll get there eventually. Trouble. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you have any ideas for topics or any thoughts or anything. Next episode will be our 50th episode. Mm-hmm. So we might do something a little different. I'm not sure what we might plan yet but maybe we'll do something special for our 50th episode because that's a pretty cool number um and there might be some guests on at some point after that so it's gonna be an exciting couple of weeks with quotes and anecdotes yes (laughs) thank you guys for listening email at us email us at quotes and anecdotes at gmail.com Yes, and follow us on Instagram at quotes.n.anecdotes. We always post on our story when there's a new episode up. Yes. <laughs> what face are you making? Like, <laughs> oh, I was just leaning on my face. <laughs> I was just leaning on my face. On my hand, I mean. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> while you're on Instagram, follow our lovely friend who did our cover art. You can find her art at dinobite, that's D-I-N-O dot B-Y-T-E, and I'm not even joking. I had a whole conversation with her today where I was trying to convince her that it's not just because she's my friend, but I do legitimately really enjoy her art. So Yes, it's absolutely incredible. So please go check it out. Um, You can listen to our intro music and our outro music linked in the description. Um, Oh, sorry. Our intro music is Inspirational Life, and our outro music is Blossoming Inspiration. I zoned out for a second there. Rate, review, subscribe. As always. And Mm -hmm. we'll see you likely in two weeks for our 50th episode. So get excited. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Toodles. What do we do? Bye, my friend. Bye, my friend Sophia. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Bye, my friend Bronwyn. My and... forgetful friend Bronwyn. Ha ha ha. And cut. Are you beatboxing now?